Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. The MSEC For the Sake of the Child podcast team would like to thank the Military and Civilian Spouses Club of Fort Irwin for sponsoring today's podcast. Your support allows us to not only share information and resources, but also to build connection through our shared stories and also our life experiences, providing our military kids, their families, and also the professionals who serve them the tools they need to help our military-connected children thrive. Welcome to the For the Sake of the Child podcast. My name is Sue Lopez, and I'm one of the military student consultants. I'm an active-duty Army spouse of 22 years, the parent of two amazing young adults, and now a podcast host with the Military Child Education Coalition for the Sake of the Child. Today, we're going to talk with Matthew Wilson, the Executive Director of the OASIS Youth Center in Tacoma, Washington. I had the privilege of talking with Matthew on how military parents, aunts and uncles, grandparents, teachers, school counselors, and student peers can become effective allies for the LGBTQ loved ones in our lives. In our previous conversation, we talked about empowering youth, creating healthy communities, providing essential resources, promoting cultural diversity, and advocating for civil rights. What I found most profound in our conversation was how the OASIS Youth Center had experienced an organizational coming out of their own seven years ago in 2013 when they opened their doors. The OASIS Youth Center has become a committed location to youth in their community to provide an affirming space for LGBTQ youth to be proud of who they are with the encouragement that they need to be healthy, productive, and full participants in their communities. OASIS transforms the lives of queer youth by providing a safe space to learn, connect, and thrive. The OASIS envision is for the world which where queer youth are valued in the community and a strong and creative force and leaders in their communities. So today we have Matthew with us and he is going to talk to us about how he became involved in the OASIS Youth Center and the path to becoming the executive director. So Matthew, I would just wanna say thank you for joining us today. If you could just tell us more about your path to becoming the executive director. Thanks, Sue. I appreciate you inviting me onto the podcast. Uh, This is my first one, so this is exciting. I wanted to mention that my pronouns are he, him, his. And one of the reasons I bring that up is we don't want to make any assumptions about how people identify when we're talking with the LGBTQ community. And it's important to ask people about their pronouns because it shows them that you're an ally and that you welcome the discussion and gives a chance for people to to tell you more about who they are. So instead of making any guesses on how someone might identify, introduce yourself with your pronouns and then ask them 
a lot of people get nervous saying, I don't know what to do about pronouns or how to ask. Easiest way, just level the playing field, introduce yourself first about your name and pronouns and yeah, start the conversation that way. So I wanted to answer your question and tell you a little bit about how I became involved with Oasis Youth Center. Oasis has been very impactful to my life. I care a lot about the center because it's changed my life. I joined um, when I was 15 or 16 years old and I was a youth member and it had a it had a lot of opportunities for me to grow. One of them was to connect with my peers. I felt super alone uh, in my high school. I was experiencing bullying. Um, it's just a very isolating experience. And what Oasis provided was to see that there were other people like me, that I could talk about my experience and hear other people's and just know that I wasn't alone. And it also gave me the opportunity to lead and to develop leadership skills. And that included me being a part of our youth council program. And that teaches us how to lead programming at Oasis, um, like workshops and plan events and just do outreach to the community. And after I turned 25, I was going to school at the University of Washington. And for credit, I was able to do an internship. And I had found out that Oasis accepted interns and I signed up, did one, and it was really great. I thought, wow, I could actually work here. This is a place that um, I could make a difference, provide mentorship and you know, help with the next generation of leaders. After my internship, there was a job opening. I applied for that job and got it. And I started out as a youth advocate and then became the program director. And now uh, starting this April, I became the executive director and it's been a dream come true. So I think that it speaks really highly of the program that you can build community and um, develop and have an impact on others where you were able to receive help, benefit, guidance from other folks that were in Oasis. And we, we have two other staff members that were also youth. And so uh, I think that speaks a lot to how we care about the next generation. I think it does too. It, it definitely shows how you're modeling your core values and your mission statement at your organization. And that that's a, a wonderful thing for youth to see is the progression of what direction they could possibly be going in to dream a little bigger, to feel comfortable in their space. And so I am thrilled to hear that your path has led you to this position where you can make a difference and you can mentor and teach leadership among the youth in your area. Can you tell me a little about what excites you the most about what's happening at Oasis Youth Center and their programs now, even especially during this time of COVID? Could you tell me a little bit more about uh, some challenges you've had and possibly positive outcomes that you were not expecting at this time? Sure. I would say that I'm excited about all of the stuff that we do. I, I, 
I don't want to sound, you know, cliche, but I, re I really love the program and we do some really innovative stuff. Of course, I'm biased towards the youth council because it uh, was so meaningful in my life. One of the things that we've done with youth council is expand their role to be on our advisory committee that's made up of youth and adults. And so we look for a youth adult partnership where youth and adults come together for shared learning, teaching, and action. And this isn't about the adults always knowing the answer or what to do. It's about learning from each other and building a community. And I think our youth council is one of those great examples. Another program that happened, and I think it, you mentioned earlier about us coming out publicly in 2013 and partially because of societal changes, but I think also because we are in a public location, youth are coming out earlier and younger. And we realized that our minimum age range of 14 was no longer going to cut it. Like we needed to respond to parents and the community that said there's a need for youth that are younger. And we started a really innovative program called Project 13, you know, just about five years ago. And that serves youth that are in middle school, junior high. Um, so in the age range of 11 to 14, that is a program where they get to learn about healthy uh, relationships. So how to maintain boundaries and maintain good friendships. They also get a chance to connect with each other play games, laugh, and we do field trips. And it's just, it, it's a really good experience. And we've just heard such positive feedback about it. There's not a lot of modeling of what a healthy friendship could look like for a queer youth. And that's one of the things that they can gain out of it. Of course, we do so many other things. We provide mental health vouchers so people can see a therapist. We have a queer, trans, intersex, people of color group um, so that they have a time and a space that's dedicated to them. And that happens weekly and so many other programs and resources that we offer. One of the, you know, we're trying to look for the positive when we look at this pandemic that we're dealing with. And we have a youth that did an intake with us at a school a long time ago. And he was never able to come to our physical location because there wasn't public transport. He didn't have a car. And we went online and he was like, hey, I can get involved now. So we got him a computer and he has become an integral part of our youth council and leadership. And we're so excited that he is able to participate now. And that's really informed, like, what are we going to do after the pandemic? Because now we've seen that our online programming can reach more people and not just to our main location in Tacoma. We also have one in Key Peninsula and one in Lakewood. And this is an opportunity to reach people even farther. So that's one thing that we're looking forward to is continuing to have some form of online programming for youth to connect with us because we've seen such positive results from people that couldn't make it to us before. So that's wonderful to hear that you're able to broaden your reach 
due to COVID and expanding your online programming. It's exciting to hear that you're, you're reaching outside of what your normal range would be. So all of those programs sound wonderful. Project 13, the Youth Council, Violence Prevention in your Thrive program. Can you tell me how we can share those resources in your community, but also on a national level with school counselors or teachers who want to become a vocal advocate for and an ally of the LGBTQ youth in their schools. How important would you say this type of support at school would be? And how important is familial support uh, in the coming out process of young adults? Yeah, I think one thing is sometimes parents know that their youth is LGBTQ before the youth knows. That's not always the case. Sometimes it comes as a big surprise. If you think that might be the case, take some time to read about it and how to support someone coming out. Don't ask a question directly, but create an environment where it's safe to come out to you. And we recommend that by, you know, talking about current events, how you're supportive of things that you're seeing in the news that are positive towards LGBTQ people, but also seek out support for yourself. There's an important organization called PFLAG, and it's Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. That's what it originally standed for, uh, stood for. And you can find a local chapter um, if you go to their website. And, you know, asking your child for support, usually they've had a lot of time to think about, you know, if you're surprised about them coming out, and that's a very common experience, is to let them know that you know they've had time to think about it and you just need some time to acclimate and learn more. And so just make it a process that you go through together. Having someone at home that loves and accepts them dramatically changes the outcome for their life. And I would encourage you to be that person in your child's life to support them. If people want to know more about OASIS, we have our website, which is oasisyouthcenter.org. We also are on all major social media platforms, including Facebook, which is facebook.com slash oasisyouthcenter, and on Instagram as well. So, and a lot of others, but I'm not going <laughs> to take up all the time to talk about social media. And parents can reach out to us. We're really here for the youth, but we are, of course, willing to talk with parents about ways to be supportive and find a youth center or an LGBTQ center that um, is in your area. Of course, when things subside from this pandemic, having that in-person support is, is great and I would encourage it. And then if they can't, please um, consider them reaching out to us and joining our online programming. You know, like I said, we're going to continue to offer that. And there are other online chat spaces that are safe. And I'll give you that information to attach this podcast where you can connect to more peers online in a safe environment. You know, as a school counselor or as an ally, um, to make sure that you're visible, um, put something rainbow up in your office talk about the issues. If you see bullying, address it. What I've heard from a lot of school counselors is that they're, they're just 
afraid because they might get it wrong. They might say the wrong thing. And, you know, that's what I'm sorry is <laughs> just know that everyone's going to make mistakes. I make mistakes and I would encourage folks to be willing to step outside their comfort zone to be supportive. I think that is important. Uh, like you said, be an, a visible ally and address things head on when you experience them. The best time to approach any issue is in the, the here and the now. And so I appreciate you, you saying that as well. And that would be for, you know, parents, aunts and uncles, school counselors, teachers, anyone that is in the life of an individual. Can you tell us any recommendations of where we could provide social emotional support for middle and high school students? Do you have any recommendations or organizations that come to mind at a national level? Yeah. You know, if a LGBTQ youth face mental health challenges at a higher rate, because of the obstacles that they face in society and their families. And so making sure that their therapists that are supportive of LGBTQ issues and that are, you know, well-versed um, in that. If there's a, you know, a crisis or an emergency, the Trevor Project is a, a great resource line. They have a phone number you can call. They also can text and, that's one thing that I recommend. In addition, like I uh, said before, is PFLAG, and that has some guides for parents, especially one that I found helpful was, you know, if you're a person of faith, how to reconcile and be supportive and affirming and address those, you know, address those issues. And then the Human Rights Campaign has a lot of resources on there, which are coming out guides for youth um, and they have blog posts and, you know, getting some of those printed off and having them in your office or attached to your website is a, is a great way to help. Thank you for sharing those resources and giving us a starting point. If, if this is a new experience for someone, those are great resources and advice and, and where to start this journey. So I'd like to hear from you and maybe an inspirational story, or is there a message that you would like to share with our listeners that is the source of your passion? How and what drives you to passionately provide real supports for LGBTQ youth? Yeah, what have you that. experienced, I guess, in, in your life that drives you passionately to meet the real need of your youth that come to your center? Well, there's a, th a couple of things that come to mind. The first is we have youth that attend that have really supportive families and good connections at school and are thriving. And adding Oasis is just one more protective factor for that youth that can build their confidence, have support, and you know connect their peers to Oasis, especially those who are struggling. So sometimes people think like a place like oasis is for youth that are in the closet or having a hard time but it's it's great for all youth in all areas of their coming out story and their life journey so one thing that really inspires me is we ask questions on our intake form for people to join question is you know what do you want to get out of joining oasis and there's lots of different marks like 
you want to learn something. But the most common answer is that they want to help other people. So there's a story of a youth. And, you know, I'll just give you a heads up. It's a pretty difficult story. We'll call this uh, youth member Jake, not his real name. We have a 24-hour emergency line, and Jake called it and said, I need help. And he said, I came from a state that was not supportive. And so some folks invited me to move over here, and they promised me a job. And when he got there, there was no job. And they took his ID, his clothes, and made it really difficult for him to leave. And um, sexually exploited him and he needed help. And so he called our emergency line and through hours and hours of intervention and support, we were able to help him get a new ID, enroll in health insurance, help him get a job. We provided some emergency financial assistance so that the youth could get some new clothes give him a gift card so he could go buy those things. We also were able to get him testing because he was sexually exploited for STDs and HIV. So with that, you know, we provide advocacy services. And so I think that was one of the stories that was one of the more difficult ones that is ways that we can help. And I would say that's, you know, more on the the difficult end of the stories, but even he marked on his intake form that he wanted to help others. And how can you not be inspired by that? Someone in such a difficult spot wants to help other people. And I think that speaks so highly of queer youth, LGBTQ youth, is they are special. Uh, they have a place in the world and are creative and love their community. And so when people have bad things to say about the youth of today, I would say not queer youth. Queer youth are empathetic. Um, they're caring. They uh, want to give back. And so that really helps when the work gets challenging to know that queer youth are so special. And yeah. That is very inspiring. Thank you so much for telling us the story and, and reminding us that uh, our human condition is to, to be our best and to help others and that we can do that by giving and sharing our lives and our resources with one another. And um, the, the real advocacy that you provided for this youth is nothing short than amazing and describes how people go the extra mile when when there's hard times. And that is definitely a modeling event for a youth in any situation to see the good in the human capacity to, to be good, to do good, and um, to make meaningful change for someone um, and meeting the basic needs of someone's life by providing them clothing and medical care, housing, and helping them with basic necessities is, is very encouraging. I just want to say thank you for what you do for our youth. And can you uh, tell me anything 
in the Oasis Youth Center that's coming up that you'd like to share with our listeners? Do you have an online or a virtual event that um, you would like to share? Well, um, we are online doing activities six days a week, and it's always a good time to get involved. Reach out to us. I know you'll have the website, our phone number attached, and pass that information along to your child or to a youth. Um, and if you're a youth listening, reach out to us and we can help get you involved. We have all sorts of different activities that you can participate in. Wonderful. That is encouraging to hear. Matthew, is there anything extra that you would like our listeners to know about the Oasis Youth Center or becoming an ally for the LGBTQ community? Well, I appreciate you inviting me on um, and you having this podcast because even just taking the time to listen to this is, you know, one step closer to being supportive if this is new to you and you offering this platform to talk about these important issues is is great and I appreciate that. Whatever you're feeling, just know that there's someone else that has felt that same feeling in a similar situation. So nothing is too big or too hard to overcome. And there are people out there that want to help you through this. So I know it would be easy to shut down in difficult times, but um, I'd encourage you to go look for resources, contact us, you know, go on social media. There are lots of great stories on there about people coming out like on YouTube and what the experience was like. So, yeah, I think this is a, a great first start. So thank you for having me and yeah, keep staying engaged. Thank you, Matthew. It, it, is a, it was a pleasure to provide this platform to reach parents and students teachers and school counselors who are walking this journey with people that they care about every day. And um, it was our pleasure to have you on our podcast today. For those who seek to support the LGBTQ youth, become allies or our stakeholders, see the local and national resources attached to our podcast today. And remember to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate your comments and any questions or ideas for topics that you might have in the future. And um, I would just like to say thank you again, and I hope that you have a great day. Thank you. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the generous support provided by the Military and Civilian Spouses Club of Fort Irwin. Thank you for making a difference in the lives of military children. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.